G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Off the Bench with Paul Hazelby and Rob Beaver. Hello and welcome to Off the Bench. Rob Beaver, Paul Hayes will be with you. I'm back, Hayes, after a week off last week. Feeling fresh, feeling ready to go. How are you? Are you up and about this morning? Up and about. Mark Redding's last week, but geez, he wouldn't carry your bags. Oh, We're talking about Off the Bench kind, and what you do kind. on this show is just remarkable. But how good's the footy been? Now, we do have the dig segment in this first part of the show. But the footy, the new rules, I think we have to say well done to the AFL. Open, free-flowing footy we've seen across the first week and the first two games as well. And the stats are really showing that the congestion has been eradicated. More inside 50s, less clearances, less tackling. That's a positive for the game, Beav. It certainly is. That's a ding for the AFL. They've got it right so far. I know there's a certain person we share the office with during the week who was a bit sceptical. But I think even he's come around, which is saying something. Let's get into this. The Dig. Dial before you dig. The essential first step. Now, Hayes, I'm going to take aim. I'm back. I'm fresh. I'm ready to go. I've got a little bit of frustration, a little bit of anger in me after I've come back from holiday. Port Adelaide's prison bar jersey. This has been an ongoing debate. I don't know when this started. I remember doing shows in university. And this was an issue. And Eddie Maguire, of course, the president of Collingwood, we won't allow them to wear it, citing essentially that it's Collingwood's jumper, the black and white stripes. Now, it's not identical. It's very similar for what it's worth. A slightly different graphic design on there. But, Eddie, you're not president of the Collingwood Football Club anymore. Now, that doesn't mean you're not allowed to have an opinion. It doesn't mean you're not allowed to be passionate. But seriously? Who cares? They're wearing it in a game in a different state, not against your team. The only issue I would have with it, Hayes, I don't know if you agree or not, the only issue I would have is if it would be Port Adelaide and Collingwood as a clash. Port Adelaide and the Crows, I don't have a problem with this. You're talking about the Port Adelaide Magpies, 1870 this club was established, 36 flags in the sandful. Why does Eddie... I don't understand why Eddie Maguire cares. I saw the comments that he made a few nights ago about the the net revenue, net profit, sponsorship, blah, 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 all these different types of things. But, Eddie, it's one game. I don't care. It's interstate. What would you do? Would he have a problem if someone turned around and said, oh, the Dockers want to wear their anchor jersey against the Eagles? Who would have a go at that? I know it's probably a little bit different, but... I just don't see why this is an issue each and every year. He's way off the mark. All they want it is for the showdown, maybe two showdowns a year. And Eddie's just going down the wrong tangent. He's talking about the value of his jumper decreasing. Eddie, guess what? Port Adelaide fans don't want to buy the Collingwood jumper. Rather, regardless of whether theirs is black and white or the (laughs) teal colour that they have at this particular stage. Then the worst part about that was he was asked that on Footy Classified Mm. and it was like he answered it as if he was still the the president. You're not the president anymore. The new um, president might come in and the staff might come in and just say, yep, and they might even do a deal. Mm. Could be a financial deal with Port Adelaide and just say, yep, we don't see a problem with it. It does not affect, one, bit our sponsors and two, it does not affect our profits as well because it doesn't mean that less people are going to buy that jumper. I'm with you. He just needs to get off his high horse on this and unfortunately his ego has come into play with this and he's going to continue to fight it but it's not his fight to fight anymore. No, I don't think it is and 
as I said, like Collingwood have a long, proud history. I completely understand that. And I admire people who are as passionate about their club as Eddie is. But the reality is, as I said, 1870, this club was founded in South Australia. That's a long and proud history as well. And I think I, I just see a long a long line and division, and it could be a state border, and I just think I don't see the issue at all. They don't even own the IP anymore. The IP is owned by the AFL. And if we are going to dig somebody in this, it has to be the AFL mm. as well because Collingwood got away with not having a clash jumper. Every other team has a clash no, jumper. No, no, they did, They had one for a while. It was white with black stripes instead oh, of black with white stripes. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. that yeah. They can't put their foot down against a big personality. They should have done it then, and they should have done it and been strong when Port Adelaide requested the prison bar for what was their 150-year anniversary. Now, last year, that's when it was celebrated. Of course, they didn't have their fans yep. for that year. All they want is for that to be the case this year. That's not too much to ask. There's bigger issues going on in footy, bigger issues going in the world. Get over it, Ed. And one last little dig, if I can. You brought up the AFL there. I have to give a dig to the AFL for this as well because Port Adelaide lodged the request to the AFL and the AFL's response has been, uh, we will leave it up to Collingwood to allow it. Mm. No, use use your mind, use your common sense and say, Collingwood, piss off. Just like you did with the rule changes. You don't consult anybody, just make the decision. <laughs> and I say that quite facetiously, but it's right, isn't it? That, that's what leadership is. You, mm. don't, you, have, to you have to make tough, tough decisions. Calls. Not everyone's going to like it. They did it with the rules. We liked the rules. The sub, they didn't. They brought in the sub, they allowed the coaches, they allowed the players to have their say, and that one hasn't really worked too well for me. This is Off the Bench. That was the dig dial. Before you dig the essential first step, don't dig yourself into a hole. Make sure you do that. Matt DeBoer from the GWS Giants will join us next. Off the Bench with Paul Hazelby and Rob Beaver. Welcome back to Off the Bench. Rob Beaver, Paul Hazelby with you. I hope you're having a wonderful start to your weekend and uh, disappointing result for the Fremantle Dockers last week in the AFL's opening round, but they get a chance of redemption tomorrow up against the GWS Giants. And a bloke who's played for both clubs, Matt DeBoer, was uh, kind enough to catch up with yourself, Paul, and Carl Langdon earlier in the week. How you going, boys? Yeah, we're going all right. Um, good contest first up. I, I probably know that you won't necessarily agree with uh, the side of the ledger that you ended up on, but um, I thought it was a pretty spirited performance by your boys. Yeah, obviously disappointed with the result, um, as you would be in, in a particular in an arm wrestle like that. Saints ultimately took took their chances and, and we didn't, but yeah, we certainly showed. Um, you know, elements throughout that we, we took as positives that we'll, um, yeah, take into this game as well. How did you enjoy another pre-season? You've had a few now, Matty, and what sort of role are you looking at playing this season? Yeah, 13th pre-season. Hey, sort of snuck up on me. I'm one of the, the veterans now, unfortunately. Um, thrown around by the younger boys. But, um, yeah, coming back in January was, was a bit different. It's obviously the, the new world, and, um, and we got into match play and things like that a lot quicker, though, which was... Which was good, but yeah, feeling feeling fit, feeling strong, ready to go. Um, the elements sort of up forward on the wing and, and also on ball as well. So, uh, and speaking of Leon, he's, he's pretty keen to use me in in multiple roles throughout the year. How is Jesse Hogan going up there? The quad strain, which was unfortunate, because by all reports he was going well. But I looked at the injury report; only one week away, which is positive news for him. Has he fitted in well to the culture of your football club? No, really well, yeah. He's number 23, so next to me in the locker room as well. So every now and then I've got to tell him to make sure he keeps nice and tidy. But aside from that, he's um, no, he was flying it a few weeks back in, in intra-clubs. Um, you know, he was hitting up, he was leading, he was clunking, he was kicking goals. So 
no, really liking what we're, what we're seeing from him. Obviously, a uh, little um, little quad, which came at an unfortunate time. I'm sure he'd be love he'd love to be running out this weekend as well. But uh, yeah, hopefully next week we'll be able to see him. We are seeing the evolution of a new midfield at your club. How excited are you, um, given that you have just turned 31 uh, and you are the old timer of the team at the moment with Hopper and Perryman and Taranto and then coming and Ash. Just to Green. throw those names at you and Tom Green, of course, that Hayes has just thrown into the melting pot. Mate, they're a talented bunch of players. Yeah, no, and, and just underpinned by hard work and, and effort and Mark McVeigh became the midfield coach this year with with Lenny Hayes um, stepping aside, and, and he's been really great for them as well. And you know, new new um, coaching tips and, and other things around uh, our brand, so it's been great for them. But yeah, you'd, you'd happily have any of them in your in your midfield or, or your super coach team as well. Tell us more about Matt Flynn. I got him in my super coach team, and he did really well, one forty on debut. But you would have spent a bit of time with him in rehab because he's been there a fair bit throughout his journey. Yeah, he's been, um, you know, one of those great kids and that has, has really come along. And, you know, Ruckman tend to take a little while sometimes to, to grow into their body in the first sort of few years, which he was doing. And then, unfortunately, had an, had an ACL injury um, when he was on the verge of selection a couple of years ago. And then, obviously, um, fought through that and has just really grown into himself now where he's, he's got that man's body and, you know, he's ready to, you know, throw people around at training and, and you know, vertical leap. And, and everything's really quite profound. So I had, had a really great pre-season and it was great to see him obviously debut after, you know, a long slog for him. Um, it was sort of, you know, 944 days or something from when he got drafted to when he uh, actually played his first game. But, yeah, obviously expect him to play a lot more from, from here on out. More of Matt DeBoer coming up. Stay right here on Off The Bench. Off The Bench with Paul Hazelby and Rob Beaver. Welcome back to Off The Bench. Rob Beaver, Paul Hazelby with you. Hayes, continuing you and Carl Langdon's chat with GWS giant Matt DeBoer from earlier in the week ahead of their game, of course, against the Dockers tomorrow. Now, a bloke who is probably irreplaceable at this point of his career is Lockie Whitfield. He's got a, a nasty injury pre-season to the liver and an accident that happened at training. How's he progressing now? Yeah, he's too tough for his own good at times, Lockie. You know, going back with a flight in, in match play at training, uh, ultimately hurt himself and he thought he was all right, tried to come back on and play and, and realised he wasn't quite good and you know, next day he's in, in hospital. So obviously one of our prime ball, mover, ball movers is um, yeah, it's certainly a loss and we've had to adapt without him. But he's back, back running today at training, which is good and hoping he can um, progress pretty quickly from here. He's, he's never had the... The biggest body, so he, it's all about his running and his skills. So ultimately, when we get him back doing those things, he'll be uh, he'll be eligible for selection. Hey, Matty, how's the training conditions been this week? We've been seeing the vision of all the floods over there in New South Wales. Have you guys been affected much by that? Yeah, just a little bit, but it's a winter sport at the end of the day. I think we're looking at um, good conditions over in Perth. But yeah, the boys uh, just embraced the embraced the weather. They were getting out there, a bit of weird energy in the group, and um, and just getting on with it. But yeah, obviously, feel for. For the families that are, you know, experiencing some of the, the flooding issues as well. Jake Riccardi was pretty good last year. Is he likely to come back into the team this week? I think he's probably one week away. Still, Jake, unfortunately, he obviously, I was sort of getting into his ear all week how he played last year and tell him to go knock on Leon's door and tell him he's right and, and those sort of things. But um, yeah, probably one more, one more week away, unfortunately. No doubt you've been keeping a close eye on the Fremantle Dockers since you left. Uh, what have you made of their improvement, I guess, over the last year and a half and going into this season? Yeah, oh, it's 
good good mates still with a few of the boys there, so keeping tabs and, and touching base and obviously new uh new coach, new structures in the last sort of couple of years has been good to see that, you know, evolve into a bit of a different style and, and things like that. Obviously very uh profound through the midfield still with with Fifey and, and you know, the ageless David Mundy going through there with his elite skills as well. So one for our elite mids to uh to watch. And then a couple of young kids obviously popping up, um, you know, young down back, good skills and you know, and great to see Matt Tavener uh, sign a sign a contract earlier in the week. I think he's um, just an absolute workhorse for them down there and, and a great player. And a few little cameos from you uh, with your acting career in the documentary, making their mark. Have you had a chance to have a look back on it and what were your reflections on last year? Yeah, Amazon Doco is sort of a bit of a diary that will be there for all time for us now to, to reflect back on. I think they did a fantastic job with the, with the quality of the production. Um, yeah, it was interesting sort of going through and, and seeing some of the other teams and, um, you know, how they sort of approached, you know, different different areas of the of the season. Uh, obviously, it's an edited version, so you don't get the full story at times. And, and ultimately, a lot of teams had final cut on things. So some of that raw footage, I'm sure, that Amazon got will, will, be, uh, will be quite interesting at some point if they uh, elect to release it. But yeah, I thought it was thought it was really interesting and hopefully the fans got a got a bit more insight as well. Matt Tabor there. Great to have him on the program. When we come back, Hayes and I'll give our tips for the rest of the AFL round. Keep it locked right here on Off the Bench. Off the Bench with Paul Hazelby and Rob Beaver. Welcome back to Off the Bench. Rob Beaver, Paul Hazelby with you. Before we go, Hayes, let's turn our attention to the remainder of the games for the AFL round. And I just want to take a little moment here. It's not often I'll be getting to do this. I might not be able to do it ever again in my life. But we have an office tipping comp. Who's leading the office tipping comp at the moment, Hayes? I haven't checked because it's only round you one. Haven't I checked. Come you haven't checked. You haven't checked. You get prizes for what each round. What did you get? Here. I got seven. And I seven. picked the margin to the to the point uh, for the Friday night game last week. Well, so I got very six. happy about that. I'm on your... So, so a bloke who's, who's played in the industry <gasps> and then a little, little humble battler off the street comes in, takes it. Here we go. I'll, I'll look to see if we can stick to it here. You ready? All right. Sydney and the Crows. Coming up later today, it'll be at the SCG. Well, you go first then. Well, the tips are already in, mate. Mm. The tips are officially already in. But I, I think the Swans, it's impossible not to pick them based on the fact they're home, based on what they delivered last week against Brisbane. Yes, I'm going to stick with them. Adelaide were impressive, but what about Logan McDonald and Errol Goulden? Three goals apiece. Isaac Heaney back into the mix as well. They'll be too good in that game. What about Port Adelaide and the Bombers? Razio Fantasia up against yes, his old team. Fantasia Cup, as it will henceforth be known. Uh, impossible to tip against Port Adelaide. They were in good form to finish last year. Started off well this season as well. Essendon very disappointing last week for me. Yep, I'm with you. Port Adelaide by 40 points. Then we move on to the Saints taking on on the demons, the demons were pretty good against this, the Dockers. This is going to be, I think, it's going to be closer than a, mm. a lot of people think, particularly because it's at Marvel Stadium, not at the MCG. I'm backing in St Kilda, but uh, it wouldn't shock me if Melbourne got up. But I'll go St Kilda by a couple of goals here. Big win by the St Kilda Football Club against the Giants with heaps of players out, but I still think they'll be too good against the Demons, the Kangaroos. They come up against the Suns at Metricon. The Suns were pretty good against West Coast and should get it done for me. It's not often we come to a situation, Hayes, where we go the Gold Coast and North Melbourne. How many goals are Gold Coast winning by? And that's the general consensus here. I think the Suns should do it very, very comfortably indeed. Looking at tomorrow, Hawthorne and the Tigers. Hawthorne impressive last week. I tipped them. Very happy they got over the line, but I don't see them derailing the Tiger train at this stage. No, back from 39 points, but they're still young. They're still developing. The Tigers, they're the real deal. They're going for two in a row, four in the last uh, 
Five years. Four in the last five. Unbelievable mm. if they get there. So I'm going the Tigers. Good game, the Bulldogs and the West Coast Eagles. Who are you going here? Oh, I'm going for the Bulldogs in this one. I think overall, I think they only won by maybe three goals against Collingwood, but they absolutely dominated play. I think they had 27 inside 50s in the first quarter. I don't know how well the West Coast Eagles defense will hold up if that happens again this week, especially on a faster deck over there at Marvel Stadium. Whether or not the Eagles with an aging list can travel, how well they go on the road, will yet to be seen. And to be perfectly honest, I give a lot of credit to Gold Coast, but they weren't that impressive last week, the Eagles, for me. So the Bulldogs pretty comfortably in this one. Yeah, I'm going the Bulldogs. Not comfortable. The West Coast Eagles do have a good record against the Bulldogs at Marvel Stadium, but they're midfield. I think with Shuey and Yo out and um, Steph Martin to play a role against Nat Nui, just to nullify some of his brilliance at the ruck setups, that'll give first use of the midfield. And I think the Bulldogs midfield bats deeper, far deeper than anyone else's in the comp right Mate, now. The Bulldogs midfield, they've got three four feet, three backs, and they've got 12 mm. midfielders. So good luck to them. Uh, now, the Dockers against the Giants. We heard from Matty DeBoer earlier. Optus Stadium. Uh, a bit interesting. I thought the Dockers had a lot of issues last week. GWS, as we know, lost in a heartbreaker. But I think the Dockers have what it takes to bounce back. I think and I hope that being in front of a home crowd, having the fans back will give them a little bit of an edge just to get over the line. Yeah, hard this one for me. I'm going to go against the Dockers. I think the Giants, just an edge in their front half. Toby Green, outstanding last week. He won goal three, but he sets up a lot of scoring opportunities. No Walters for the Fremantle Dockers. And, of course, Matty Tabernard, a bit of a lone hand, but good to see Matty Tabernard throughout the week sign up for another three years. Yeah, fantastic news of him. That's another episode of Off the Bench. Enjoy the rest of your day. Enjoy the footy today and tomorrow. We'll see you again next week. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply.